Hey everyone, it's Kira from KiraWilliamsFitness.com and today we are going to talk about how to build muscle with Joy Diggs from DigDeepFit.com. Um, welcome Joy, thanks for being on. Hey Kyra, thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. Looking um, forward to being here. Well, we I mean, this is so exciting. It's been like a month since we've had this planned, but I just got back from my honeymoon, so we're finally doing this. I'm super stoked to have you. Um, but before we dive into how to build muscle, tell everybody, our listeners, um, a little bit about yourself and how you got started as a trainer. Yeah, absolutely. So I, it's funny because I just celebrated my 14 years as a personal personal trainer like two days ago. Um, you know how the picture pops up on Facebook and it shows like, you know, where you started um, and all your memories. And so like it popped up where I had just posted back in July 2008. That I was a personal trainer. And so the, the journey to get here really started in, in high school. Like I've been into health from like a very, very young age. So I grew up in my grandmother's house. My parents had separated. Um, so my mom and my siblings and I moved in with my grandmother. And my grandmother was diabetic, high blood pressure and all of that. So I would always see her like sticking her finger with a needle and not really fully understanding what was going on. Um, but then finally, you know, realized and, and learned more about her being diabetic. And so as I started seeing more and more family members getting sick, cancers, high blood pressure, diabetes, the list goes on and on and on. I wanted to learn more about how could I prevent that for myself? Like, what do I need to do to make sure I'm not going to be sticking myself with needles every day to check my blood sugar? Right. And so during this time at school, I was also taking classes. Um, I had a class called Family and, and Consumer Sciences. And in that class, we learned about like carbohydrates, proteins, fats, and it was kind of breaking down the things that food did in your body. And before then, I didn't really realize like food had a purpose because I was eating Hot Pockets and drinking my Fruitopia and all of that, um, living, living the life of a high school student, right? And so um, I, as I learned more about food, I just wanted to make sure that I was doing my part for myself and making sure that I was healthy. So as I went into college, I wanted to study more and more about just health and fitness and all that. And I decided to major in exercise and sports science, not knowing I was going to become a personal trainer, but just wanted to know more about just being healthy. And so I decided to become a dietitian. Um, and then while I, was a, while I was in my graduate program to become a dietitian, I needed a part-time job. I needed some money. I needed flexible hours. And because I had that degree in exercise and sports science, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll try to be a trainer. And I'm the, I don't know if y'all remember, like back in the day, a personal trainer was like hardcore, like yelling in your face, like drill sergeant style. And I was like, oh, I mean, my personality didn't really like that. So I don't know if personal training is going to be for me. But I would go to the grocery store and Kyra, you just said this happened to you where people approach you and they're like, hey, are you a trainer? So <laughs> I was in the, you know, I would get people kind of speaking that into my life. And so I decided to try out personal training just at least while, while I was in grad school to get some money. And that was 14 years ago, July 2008. I started at Valley Total Fitness and the rest is kind of history. Wow, that's fantastic. And you have that nutrition piece there too that fits in with all of that. So you're just kind of like, you can help people from both sides of the spectrum with both nutrition and right. fitness. Right, yeah, that, that, that's, the, that's the key because- you can't really lean on one or the other. And a lot of times people leave out the nutrition part when that's really the part that's the most important. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we're probably going to focus mostly on the fitness piece today, but I'd definitely love to have you back at some point to talk about nutrition as well, because yeah, that's, sure. that's so interesting and so fascinating for so many of us too. Um, and like you said, a big piece of the puzzle, but one thing, you know, that I picked up on that you, that you mentioned was that your grandmother was diabetic and that's, you learn so much from that. I feel like um, one of my best friends growing up was uh, type one diabetic and, you know, learning, I learned so much from her about blood sugar and just keeping blood sugar balance can be such a huge part of, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining or losing weight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's really focus on the muscle building part. Actually, before we go into that, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your, what you do now as a trainer, where people can find you and, you know, if people can work with you online and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm located in one of the best cities in the country, Houston, Texas. (laughs) And if you know anybody from Texas, like we represent Texas really hard. I don't know if they like brainwashed us when we were younger or what happened. (laughs) <laughs> but um, so I'm here in Houston, Texas, born and raised, and I own Dig Deep Fitness and Nutrition, which I have owned for the past 10 years, where I work as a personal trainer, as a dietitian. And what I do is I help busy professionals, um, probably just like everybody listening, prioritize your health goals because, you know, like just our society and culture is so busy. And um, the if you just kind of go go along with society as as a whole, You'll start to pack on weight. You'll start to not sleep as much. You'll start to work more and more and more. And so you have to really be intentional about your health and your health goals. And so what I find is a lot of my clients are busy, busy professionals who will pour more into their work than they do themselves. And so my job as their personal trainer is to help them kind of realign uh, with themselves and their goals and just to, to have more, to be more in tune with um, focusing on their health over a long, a long period of time. So most of my clients come to me for weight loss, but they end up getting way more just because they learned about, you know, mindset. They learned about the healthy eating. They learned about, okay, you need to have adequate rest. Hey, you need to have some downtime and not fill all your day with work. And so my job, like I said, is just to curate a healthy lifestyle, whatever it looks like for my clients. And I do in-person personal training. I do virtual personal training. I have some online programs. I also offer nutrition counseling um, as well as meal plans and grocery store tours. That's great. And, you know, living in Houston, I've heard that Houston is easily one of the best food cities in America. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's and- 15 restaurants on every block. that's that's great. You know, like, you know, having, having a balance between, you know, eating super micronutrients and food is awesome, but also going out and enjoying and indulging is great too. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just having you there to remind people that that balance is very important. And then also to utilize that food as fuel Mm -hmm. so you can build muscle that's fantastic. You're never going to be without a job, Joy. <laughs> Especially in Houston, because so many people say they, they move here and gain 15 to 20 pounds within like their first three, four months. So yeah, that a lot of my clients come to me at that point, trying to get that off. You've, you've got a really great business model there. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's talk about um, muscle building. So can you briefly describe how the, the process of how muscle gets built? Okay, so I'm going to try to keep this as simple as possible. So 
our bodies as a whole likes to be in balance and it likes what's called homeostasis, right? So it's always wanting to stay kind of the way it is. And so whenever you want to change your body, it requires a lot more energy and um, a lot more processes within, within your body. So your body's trying to like stay where, where it is in a sense. So when you're wanting to build muscle, what you're trying to do is do more than what your body is used to, which requires your body to kind of rise to the occasion and put on the more muscle. So if you're not used to doing anything, just doing something, uh, as uh, Kyra, you, you were saying before, just doing something is going to help your body to, to build some muscle, right? So what happens is you give your body stimulus that could be, you know, whether it's your reps, your weight, how much you're lifting, it could be body weight, et cetera, but it's more than what you're doing. And then your body has to repair itself over time because when you're doing your strength, strength training exercises, what you're actually doing is, is damaging your muscle and uh, causing micro tears. And so once you're adding damage to your body, your body has to repair itself because it's trying to um, protect itself from the future, right? So you do your strength training exercise, you have those micro tears, your body rebuilds itself to kind of protect itself from the next time that you do it, and that therefore adding on more, more muscle, and then the process kind of continues. So over time, you're doing what's called progressive overload, where you're continuing to add even more stimulus and more change to your muscle, and then your body is going to accommodate as a result. That's such a great explanation. That makes so much sense. And I've never really heard anyone put it that way. Just because I know, you know, doing something, doing something different is going to be a stimulus for the body. But I always think about it in terms of, well, you just have to lift more weight. But when you're doing something that's completely different, if you're going from, you know, just walking and riding a bike to all of a sudden, now you're adding in Pilates, for example, Mm -hmm. that's a stimulus. Right. Now, you know, you get used to doing Pilates and you're going to need a different stimulus, but that is such a great explanation for how this all works. And it's very simple and easy to understand too. Yeah. So I think about it, like, you know, like, let's say there are two children and one of them is playing with Legos, right? And so they, they build this, this Lego castle and another kid comes along and kind of like knocks it down. The next time the child builds the, the Lego castle, he's going to try to like build it bigger and better and put some kind of fortress around it because he's thinking, OK, well, I'm taking my time building this. I don't want someone to come and knock it down again. Right. And so that, that's the, that's the process that your body is doing. Like, hey, she ha- lifted some heavy weights the next time. It kind of hurt. Let me try to protect myself so that if she does that again, we won't feel, we won't feel the same way we did the first time. And so that, that's the process that, that it got, kind of goes through. Mm, yep. So what is truly the best thing that we can do to build muscle? The best thing that you can do to build muscle is uh, really consistency, <laughs> which that's, that's to, you know, achieve any goal. Um, but at a baseline, you want to be uh, strength training two to three times a, a week. The, the research really, really shows like three times a week is really the, the minimum. I know some of my clients do twice a week because they won't add on that third day and they're still able to make progress. So mm-hmm. if you have the three days, you want to be doing three days of your strength training exercises. And I always aim to train a muscle group at least twice a week, because, again, you're trying to give your body enough stimulus so that it's able to make those changes over time. And it doesn't really get used to what you're doing. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to change the workout every single time, 
but you should not be doing the same workout two, three, four, five, six months, because at, at that point, your body is going to plateau. It's going to get used to what you're doing. And you're not going to see as much change. Right. So if we're ideally in an ideal world, how many days a week should a person train or, or lift weights to build muscle? So I would, like I said, I would say minimum of three days a week. And mm-hmm. it kind of depends on how you're structuring your workouts. So okay. if, and, and, and let's say you're doing the three days a week. Um, what I would recommend is like a, a upper body day, a lower body day, and then a day where maybe you're doing uh, some of the muscle groups that you want to focus on more than others. So let's say like you're, if you're, if your legs or the part of your body that's lagging, maybe you on that third day of legs, or maybe you're doing a day of full body. But like I said, you want to, Try to be giving your, your body um, twice a week stimulus, especially for the parts of your body that you that you really want to ch- want to change. Okay, so like if you got to pick your way for for someone, they had zero constraints to their schedule. They could pay you an infinite amount of money. Like, mm-hmm. what would the workout program be that you would put them on? This is a, like a female who's just like, Hey, I want to put, I want to build some muscle. Like I want to have that like lean muscle tone look mm-hmm. and I want to look like I lift. Yeah. So we would be doing at that point, we would be doing four to five days a week. Um, we would be doing two days of upper body, two days of lower body. Um, that fifth day would either be, like I said, the lagging muscle groups, or it may be a, a day of cardio and core, et cetera. And we haven't really talked about cardio, but it kind of depends on how much muscle mass the person's trying to build and if they're also trying to lose fat at the same time. So let's just say this, this is someone who was kind of already lean and they're looking to build more muscle. Then at that point, we're doing, like I said, four to five days a week. Cardio at that point would probably, probably, probably be pretty minimal. So you're doing your strength training exercises at the beginning of the workout. Maybe you're doing, you know, 15, 20 minutes of um, cardio two to three times a week. And the reason why you would somewhat want to limit cardio when you're trying to build your muscle is because adding on muscle takes additional calories. And so you want those calories to be used toward building the muscle. And so the more calories you're burning off with your cardio, that's the less um, calories available to build the muscle. But you, you still potentially want to have that cardio there because the cardio is for like, you know, the health benefit of, of heart, cardiovascular endurance and strength. Um, but Within this this training program for building muscle, the cardio would, would be the backseat to the strength training program. Right, and then, but you know, obviously, everybody has their commitments and you know things that they have going on in their lives. You know, so mm-hmm. we are not all working in an ideal world, but just ensuring you know three days a week, you say, is mm-hmm. like the minimum, and then making sure you hit the ideally hitting the muscle groups twice a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then are there a certain number of sets and reps that you have found work best for people? Yeah. So generally when you're trying to um, build muscle, keeping your reps somewhere between eight to 15, you can even go down to six. Um, it's going to be the most beneficial. Um, it kind of, so like the, that six to 12 range is more so for, you know, strength. And then at 12 to 15 and 20, ends up being a little bit more endurance because you're having to drop the weight. And so I know historically people were like, you know, kind of stay within eight to 10. That's like, that's, that's the best rep range. 
Um, but what we find now is that you can actually do like a mix of different reps, mix of different sets. Um, and then you can still get benefits, get the similar benefits. So as far as how many sets, three to four, if you're more advanced, you're probably going to need more than three sets because again, your body's going to need more stimulus than, um, it had before. So four to, if you're doing heavy, heavy weight, low reps, you would, if you're more advanced, you would need, you know, reps between four and five. And then if you're more of a beginner, you can even start with two, two sets and then start to bump it up to three sets um, as you become more, more intermediate. And then are you, are you going to failure on these or like, you know, like, oh man, you know, I did 10 <laughs> dumbbell chest press. Like there's no way I could crank out an 11th or like, I probably have one or two in the tank. You don't have to go to failure in order to see progress. Um, if you're more advanced, like you, that's the point where you're going to have to have more stimulus and like really push and squeeze everything out of that muscle. But as a beginner, a lot of times people, people do too much at the beginning too fast. And so you end up being super sore, staying away from the gym, and then you're not able to be as consistent as you need to be to build the muscle. So if you are going to failure in that beginner intermediate range, I would suggest doing that towards like the end of your workout or, you know, the last few reps of a, of your last set, but definitely not for every single set. That's the way to, to, you know, kind of overtrain your muscle and be more prone for injury and burnout and all of that. So, you know, I think there's some, there's value. I was just talking to my, my coach about this today after coming home and from, you know, we're not working out for three weeks. I mean, I walked and I rode bikes and I hiked, but no, nothing in the gym. Um, I, I was talking to him today. I'm like, you know, coming back last week was tough. And, you know, he was kind of giving me a little bit of guidance, but I, I had already been there and done that. But I was like, no, I kept the weights. Like I probably scaled everything by like 10 to 20% of what I would normally do because walking and like not, you know, being able to sit down on the toilet to pee without <laughs> like having to like use my arms, like that's very valuable to me. Like, yeah. and I just, there, you know, you don't have to be that sore to know that you got a good workout in. Sometimes easing in is like, we got to check the ego and like just ease back in and that's okay. Absolutely. And I was talking to um, a friend about this a couple of weeks ago because he wants to lose 30 pounds. I think it was by October. And so what he normally ends up doing is going back to the workout that he did when he last stopped and -hmm. he'll start back with whatever weight Mm. he left off with. Mm. (laughs) And I'm like, that's, that's, that's not necessary. Cause he was saying, you know, how can I start this back, but not be as sore as I normally am. And I'm like, well, you're, you're picking up where you left off, but keep in mind, you haven't worked out in three to four months. So just like you said, Kyra, you're like, you need to scale it back. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, if I'm not sore, then that means I haven't done anything. And I said, well, number one, that, you know, that's not true. You don't have to be sore in order to get the benefit. But number two, even if you scaled it back, the fact that you haven't worked out in four months, you're probably still going to feel something, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to walk out of there. Like you didn't, you didn't do anything. And so thankfully he did, he followed my advice. And so I asked him like, were you still sore? And he said, yeah, he was still a little bit sore, but at least like you said, he can still function, use the bathroom, you know, turn the steering wheel in your car. If you need to push yourself up out the seat and all those things that we need to do like in our, in our everyday life. So we don't exactly. have to kill it, kill ourselves in order to make progress. Yep. Exactly. So the next question that I'm going to ask you is like, it's such like a 
challenging question to answer because I've had people ask me this before too, mm-hmm. but what do you find are some of the best exercises for someone who comes to you who wants to build muscle? So, you know, that's like a, a kind of a standard, like, um, exercises that kind of mimic everyday life, you know, so those are your squats, your deadlifts, um, doing some type of push exercise, like chest press or push-ups, um, rows, uh, so those are like the, 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 that's like the bare minimum because those are working like your compound movements that are working a lot of muscles at one time and kind of making sure that you're hitting everything, but they're also movements that you're doing in real life. So you definitely want to make sure that you're, um, those are like the foundation of your workout. And then you can have other accessory exercises in addition to those. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of, you know, I'm super glad we're on the same page with this too, because I talk to people all the time about the importance of their compound lifts. Mm-hmm. If you can't do anything else, go in, like if you have 20 minutes at the gym, go into the gym and hit your back squats or go into the gym and hit some overhead presses and bent over rows. Like mm-hmm. if you can't yep. do anything else, do that. Lunges is, is another one. That's definitely a, a standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, um, so for your brand new clients who have never lifted weights ever, how quickly do they tend to start seeing results? I would say they start to see results um, in about four to six weeks. And when I say start to see results, it's, it's not necessarily something that's drastic. Um, because I know a lot of times when people work out on their own, they're looking for something drastic to happen. And then if they don't see that, then they, then they tend to quit. Um, but they may start to feel a little bit more energized. Like their face looks a little bit clearer. They're starting to see maybe like a little bit, um, less belly fat or, you know, some, there's something small that helps them stay motivated enough to continue. So depending on, like I said, the nutrition is, the nutrition is huge. So depending on their food intake, they may not necessarily see, you know, these grand gestures of like losing body fat, but like, especially like if we're doing a consistent strength training um, routine, they're going to be stronger. Oh, hey, now I can do maybe one push up. I couldn't do any at all when I first started, right? Okay, my squat form is better. These lunges feel better. My knees are not hurting the way they were when they first started. So you're going to feel and start to see something within that the, the first four to six weeks. So even if it's performance-based goals. Exactly. So my next question was actually just going to be about what advice you have to keep people motivated, but is that something that, you know, you kind of rum, like kind of guide people to, to thinking more about, like, maybe you would recommend like having somebody say like creating some goals around their performance. Well, yeah, I would say just create, creating small goals, period. So depending on uh, if we're talking about, you know, building muscle, okay, well, I started with X number of pounds and X number of reps. Am I able to maybe increase my weight by the end of the second month or the first month? Am I able to do more reps with the same amount of weight? Like just, just setting some, some, some measure that you can track to, to make sure that you're making progress. And it doesn't have to be anything huge, but just something for you to, to feel like, Hey, I started here and I couldn't do X and now I can do, you know, I can do Y. So I feel like I'm valid. My, the work that I've done is validated because I can see some measure of change. Yeah. So do you have, do you have your clients, um, track, keep track of their weights? 
Generally, they don't. Um, I normally keep track of their weights mm-hmm. um, because most of my clients come to me for like weight loss. We're mo- more so measuring how are you sleeping? What are your food patterns yeah. looking like? But then within my own notes, I can see like where to increase their weights, where to increase the reps. And as their trainer, that's the, that's the part that I, the role that I play. What about your, for your online clients? So same thing. So they, they start to um, adjust their, their reps and weights as I tell them to. So that's mm-hmm. still something that I, I put into, into their programming. Okay. And then, so you guys um, listening, Joy actually has a get your guns or sorry, get these guns program <laughs> coming out. Um, and she's going to be launching it um, to where she's going to be coaching you while you do the program. But you know, if you guys are listening to this after July, 2022, um, this program is still available. It's just, it's in an online format. So in that program, Joy, do you have anything in there for that helps people keep track of their weights? And then how much emphasis do you even put on that? Yeah. So definitely in that program, that, that, that one is for people to track their own. I do include a a workout tracker within there. And Mm -hmm. so, um, the first couple of weeks, you're kind of using the same weight. And then I'll kind of, I have prompts within the program that's kind of tell you, hey, okay, now we're, we're not doing 15 reps anymore. We're doing 12 reps. So that means you should be able to increase your weight because you shouldn't be using the same weight for 15 as you do for 12. And it's also for people who are working out at home too. So if you're using resistance bands, hey, now's the time for you to bump up from the light band to the medium band, right? So I do have those markers within the program to let people know when it's time to change and to make sure that they're keeping track, um, you know, so that they know that they need to go to the next level. And so, you know, in the beginning, when somebody is like first getting into working out, they're getting, they're starting to get into lifting, um, they're doing, you know, things like body weight workouts, like they're the little things create, uh, the small stimulus creates big changes in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But when you work with somebody who's been doing this for a while, what are some things that they can do to continue to make progress? Yeah. So this is where, like I was saying before, you may have to add on an additional set. So if you're doing, I know for me, like I used to do three sets. Now I do four sets. Um, Maybe you're having to um, change up some of the exercises you were doing before. Maybe you need some off time, like maybe you need to, um, you know, detrain and go back to like using lighter weights for a little bit and then come back to the heavier weights as your body um, kind of gets used to the lighter weights. And then so then when you add back in the heavy weights, it's going to be like another stimulus. And so you'll get like another another boost. Um, it may come down to your nutrition. Maybe something needs to change with your protein, protein intake, your carb intake, how many calories you're eating. So there's so many different things. You know, we got to look at your sleep patterns. You know, the more advanced you are, like those small tweaks make a big difference. So at that point, you have to really look at like the, the micro behaviors and what those small changes could be that may be able to make big, bigger changes. Mm. Yep. And there's there's so much that we can go into there. And like you were saying, too, you know, cardio plays a role in things, Um, you know, What about, you know, is it possible that people could even be doing too much cardio or not doing enough, for example? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So like I was saying, um, if if your goal is to gain muscle, um, you need to be able to have that additional calorie surplus in order to use to build the muscle up. And so often if you're doing way too much activity, especially adding adding on too many um, cardio days, et cetera, 
that takes away from how much muscle you're able to build. So I, I actually, back in 2019, a little bit before COVID, my goal was to put on 10 pounds of muscle. And um, before then, I kind of go through cycles. I, I Sometimes I'm like a cardio queen. Then other times I come back and I'm like, okay, I lost too much weight. <laughs> Let me put some more muscle back on. So I wanted to put on 10 pounds of muscle. And so, um, well, I'm sorry, not 10 pounds of muscle, but just 10 pounds, period. And okay. so I had to pretty much cut cardio completely for about three, four months in order for me to, to gain that amount, because I'm I'm a mix between an ectomorph and a mesomorph. So it's pretty easy for me to lose weight. But when I want to put on muscle, it's a little bit more challenging. And I have to be like on point pretty much every single day, including the weekend for me to maintain my, my gains. And so I gained the 10. It took me three months to gain the 10 pounds. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to shred a little bit for the summer. And it was like right when I put the cardio back in. I dropped like that, including a lot of the muscle that I had built. And so I added on too much cardio too quickly and it took away from my gain. So it it really has to be like a delicate balance between how much strength training you're doing, how much uh, your foods you're eating and how much cardio you're doing also doing, because it can definitely quickly take away your gains or prevent you from gaining in the first place. Wow. That, I mean, to be honest with you, like hearing that you were able to put on 10 pounds as someone who doesn't gain super easily, (laughs) like that's actually really amazing, Joy. I mean, thank you. Seriously. I want it back. I mean, it's gone. I'm I'm trying to get the 10 pounds back. back. (laughs) And like how, what like a breath of fresh air it is to hear a woman talk about how she wants to gain 10 pounds. I know everybody doesn't share my my struggle, right? Or or, or want to hear about my struggle. So it's nice, Kyra, for someone else to to, to feel my pain in, in a sense. And I mean, it's not like, you know, you are, you want to just, okay, I'm going to gain 10 pounds by any means possible. You can go out and eat exactly. lots of good food and, and it, like good, you know, being like stuff that's going to stick to your ribs, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. But right. like, I know that's not what you're going for there. This is, this is 10 pounds as much muscle mass as possible. So, but either way, it's still such a breath of fresh air because there's just so many women who want to take up less space and hearing about someone who wants to like be themselves and own that and take up more space is such a great, it's so great to hear. Yeah. We, we're out here. <laughs> we're yep. definitely out here. Yep. Um, and then, so my final question really is, you know, for the people who are starting out may want or possibly want to hire you, uh, to work with you online, what are some things that they would need? What kind of equipment would you recommend? I actually just had a new uh, virtual client start this morning. Um, and we, ch- we chatted yesterday. So, um, at a base level, I told her what you need is, is one set of dumbbells, 10 pounds. Um, especially, I mean, if you're, be- she's beginning. So I'm like, get a, get a set of 10 pound dumbbells, a full set of resistance bands, a mat. And that's all we need from like a base level. So that's enough for us to, you know, do all of the comp- compound exercises that we talked about to add on a little bit more stimulus as we need it. Um, and to change up the exercises needed also. And then we can always add on additional equipment from there. But there's a lot you can do with the resistance bands. There's a lot you can do with body weight. And then if we need additional weight, we have the dumbbells. So that gives you enough versatility um, to do everything you need to do. Mm-hmm. Great. And um, and then also to you guys, um, check out Joy, dig, D-I-G-G, digdeepfit.com. And um, 
learn about working with her and find out what programs she has out there available, whether you're a beginner or somebody who has been doing this for a little while and like your arms program, for example, get these guns. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So get these guns um, was conceptualized because y'all can't see me, but like my arms are the, my, my signature piece that people always, (laughs) always stop me for. And so historically I would always tell people like, you know, Hey, if you want my arms, you need to train with me. Right. And so, you know, as this online space has opened up, excuse me, opened up, I decided to put together uh, just a short term program that anybody can do to help you be, be more consistent and more structured with your upper body workout. And so get these guns is an eight week progressive strength training program for your upper body to help you get more definition and more endurance and strength in your upper body. So that's your, your arms, your chest, your back. And so within these eight weeks, it's progressive to where, like I was saying before, you start with lighter weight, higher reps. And then along the way, you're increasing your weight, decreasing the reps so that we're building strength, but also building more definition in your body because we're being consistent. You're working your um, upper body twice a week. That's all that's required. And every week you're dripped out two workouts, two workouts a week for your upper body. So you will need to, to supplement the program with other things to work your, you know, your lower body and, and to get some cardio in. But this is so that, hey, for eight weeks, I don't have to think about what to do for my upper body because I know that I have a, a trainer who's also a dietitian who's been doing this for 14 years, who's telling me, hey, this is the blueprint for me to have better arms by the end of the eight week program. And so it's, it's delivered completely virtually. I have a Facebook group for if, if you have any questions or need support or accountability, you'll also be added to that Facebook group. Excellent. Sounds like something that would be really great for someone who, you know, like if you're going and doing group exercise classes or you're a runner mm-hmm. or you're doing CrossFit, but you just really want to, you want to get some guns. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get these guns out. Absolutely. Or if you know that, you know, you, you're normally going to the gym, but you're kind of sticking to the same exercises all the time, or maybe you're not working your arms out as often as you should, because you don't really know what to do or how to put, put the workout together. Um, or maybe you just, you know, just kind of bored with what you're doing and you want to change mm. it up. Yep. That too. That happens. Absolutely. I, I do that sometimes myself. Just I purchase someone else's program because we, we write so many programs, Kyra, as a part of our, our job. Um, and then having to write for ourselves as well. I'm like, you know what? Let me let someone else do this for a while. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I have, I have a coach, but that I, I yeah. never write any of my own stuff. <laughs> I, just, I, may, like, I may be looking for a coach myself. <laughs> um, well, anyhow, you know, I feel like we really kind of went over a lot, especially when it comes to like building muscle. I'd love to have you back on sometime so we can talk more about the cardio piece that we just kind of briefly kind of glossed over, but it's super important. So maybe we can talk about that again sometime soon. Yeah. I, I, I would love to come back at any time. So Thank you so much. I've enjoyed being here. Absolutely. Um, Is there anything else that you feel like we, you know, missed on that you need, that we need to touch on before we, before we wrap up? Um, I think we really covered a lot, but I think the biggest thing I just want to leave people with is just to remember that fitness is a, a journey and it's something like you're never really going to arrive because there's always something else to work on. So I know a lot of times we think in these uh, short term bursts, like, you, we, we sometimes feel like we're failing if we don't accomplish a goal by X date, but you're really in this thing like for a lifetime. So just commit to the process, commit to the journey, 
be as consistent as you can and uh, give yourself grace along the way because we're not robots. You can't just program yourself to do something the same way every single day, that, uh, whether or not life gets crazy. Um, but just continue to honor your body and uh, continue to work on it um, along the way. Hmm. That's great. Yep. It is a journey. Well, anyhow, Joy, thank you so much for being on. And for those of you guys listening, um, make sure that you go to dig, D-I-G-G, digdeepfit.com and uh, reach out to Joy or I if you, oh, and also Joy, what's your, what's your Instagram? Where can people find you on social media? Yeah. So my Instagram is at digdeepfitness. And if you're actually a personal trainer looking to build your business, I'm also a fitness business coach. And you can find me on Dig Deep Trainer Academy. So two different accounts. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on. And like I said, um, reach out to either one of us if you guys have any questions. And we're happy to help you. All right. Thank you so much, Kyra. Thank you.